the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starks. That's us, that's right, I love this American ride. Wherever you're listening across this, the greatest nation God ever blessed, welcome to Hour 1 of a Friday edition of the Todd Starn Show, coast to coast on 150 patriotic radio stations and streaming live at ToddStarns.com. Hello, fellow patriots. I'm Jeff Stein, filling in for Todd today. Todd and the team, at least portion of the team, out at the National Religious Broadcasters Meeting in Nashville. Todd will be back in the chair on Monday. My privilege to join you from my home base, the Liberty University studio at News Talk 1540 KXEL. In Cedar Rapids and Waterloo, Iowa, the 50,000-watt blowtorch scorching the heartland with accurate news and reasonable views. We're going to go right to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line to start the program so that we can maximize time with a return guest. She is Dr. Wendy Patrick online, wendypatrickphd.com. She is a career prosecuting attorney. National news analyst, you see her on Newsmax and on Fox News, Court TV, other places. Most recent book is called Red Flags. Dr. Patrick, thanks so much for taking the time. How are you? Hey, Jeff. It's always a pleasure to join you. We have about five minutes, and I've told people I can learn more from Wendy Patrick in five minutes than listening to a lot of people in a full hour. So let's talk about (laughs) the fact that tomorrow is the final of the first four, the South Carolina Republican primary, and that's become a pretty good predictor over the course of time, has it not? You know, it really has, and you know, I would say the same thing about you, my friend. Uh, you, you know, in five minutes, you and I can have some pretty deep conversations, and when it comes to politics, we don't really need to say much about South Carolina, because I think Nikki Haley has pretty much made it clear. Uh, she says she's in it to win it, but statistically, there's no way. So why is she going to be making such a uh, strong showing in South Carolina, according to her campaign? Now, she wasn't in office there since 2017, but remember that she's really running on more than just whether or not she's going to be the front runner. She's running on a lot of ideas. She's talking about being so much younger uh, than President Biden, former President Trump. She's talking about really kind of making a name for herself, switching up the way people view campaigns and why people run for office, you know, claiming not to have a political future, although <laughs> you and I and our listeners know she probably does. So South Carolina is going to be an opportunity for her to close the gap, maybe, but she's running about 30 points behind. So, Jeff, I just don't see it happening, although her message is still being favorably received, even though I don't think people expect her to win. 
I know that at the time of the Iowa caucuses a month ago, as this first four kicked off, one of the things that I would pose to supporters of people at the time, DeSantis, Haley, etc., uh, show me your path. Show me your path to win. And for weeks, Ambassador Haley had said, you just wait till we get to my home state. Well, she's backed off of that. And it's, well, you just wait till we get to Super Tuesday. And pretty soon you're going to be just waiting your way out of mathematical impossibility. And, and that causes resentment from some people that think, w- wouldn't that money be better spent supporting the front runner, supporting Republican ideals? And, and she's actually been challenged on that many times at many types of public forums. What she's probably going to continue to say uh, going into Super Tuesday, she's not going to make a, a good showing in South Carolina. I do have to say, and I just it's because I'm looking at statistics, she was governor there and she did have some popularity, but that is a, a little bit before you've got a lot of new voters uh, that are now there with new ideas, the landscape, the geography, everything's a little bit different. But going into Super Tuesday, I mean, she's putting forth an enormous amount of time and effort when she doesn't have a path forward. And, Jeff, as you say, that is what some people want to say. And let me argue the other side of that like any good lawyer will. Sure. We have, been, we have seen an enormous amount of Haley supporters that know she's not going to win. They, they have absolutely no expectation that she's going to win any of these states. But they believe in what she stands for, and they continue to believe she has the best chance if she ever were able to go to a general election, if, God forbid, something were to happen to former President Trump, to beat Joe Biden. Wendy Patrick hosts a weekly radio program today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. You can listen to it in that area on the radio, online, podcast, etc. at theanswersandiego.com. Airtime is 6 o'clock on the West Coast Saturday nights, and she joins us on the Todd Starn Show. Jeff Stein filling in for Todd today. All right, to that point, a lot of candidates got into the race thinking if Donald Trump falters, either with voters or potentially from a legal standpoint there are issues, they wanted to be ready. Well, everybody else dropped out. There's enough money to keep her in. But I wonder for how long, how long can they wait for something to happen to the presumptive nominee? Well, if it were anyone other than Donald Trump, I would say that some might take that bet. Uh, But Donald Trump has absolutely no intention of dropping out. He has got nothing but stronger as the indictments have come and as he has continued to sort of fundraise, I call them campaign court stops, <laughs> when he actually shows up at a court appearance. There is no indication that's going to happen. And remember, the Supreme Court, at least if oral argument is any indication, it has no plans to take him off the ballot or, or refuse to allow him to be a ballot. Remember, even liberal justices were asking questions at oral argument, of, you know, shouldn't shouldn't the, the electorate be the ones that decide whether or not somebody is on a ballot or whether or not somebody's a candidate for president. So if it were anyone else or if the circumstances were different, I can then supposedly see, well, maybe there'd be some reason to think something's going to happen to the front runner. But, you know, even Ron DeSantis knew that wasn't a possibility. Uh, the other candidates knew that. And, and Nikki Haley knows that, too. So it will be very interesting to see where her political future goes from here. She said she doesn't have one. Of course she does, and her supporters hope that she does because she brings a lot to the table. Now just doesn't appear to be her time, at least not mathematically. Exit question for Dr. Wendy Patrick. All right, so this does not require a legal opinion, but uh, there's a civil judgment in New York. There are all manner of other criminal prosecutions. Is there a point where Mr. Trump's legal issues adversely affect 
his level of support. They could affect the money available for uh, campaigning because remember, you know, uh, he has a lot of supporters and that money goes a lot of different places, which is in and of itself, I suppose, a conundrum is whether or not his supporters should be fundraising his legal defense or, or God forbid, one of these civil judgments. But, you know, the distraction that many predicted that the legal woes would cause him hasn't materialized in the same way that some of his detractors had hoped that it would. In other words, his being tied up in court has only supported some of the, the campaign speeches he makes on the breaks. It hasn't, it hasn't really been the detriment that many people think. And now with one or more cases being, you know, perhaps indefinitely tied up in litigation as there are appeals and there's certiorari petitions to the Supreme Court, it doesn't seem to have impacted the way he's able to campaign for November. So I would say... Maybe there's a point, but Jeff, we are not there yet, and it does not appear that we're going to be there in the immediate future. Thanks so much for making time for us today. As noted, always informative. I appreciate it greatly. Have a great weekend. You as well. Thanks, Jeff. Dr. Wendy Patrick, wendypatrickphd.com is the website. Her most recent book is called Red Flags, How to Spot Frenemies, Underminers, and Toxic People in Your Life. And again, she hosts a program on The Answer San Diego on Saturday evening, 6 o'clock West Coast time. Wendy Patrick joined us on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker Line as we get underway on this Friday edition of the Todd Starnes Radio Program. Coast to coast, as noted, on more than 150 radio stations. And again, we are in the Liberty University studio. Tell us what you thought about that conversation. Get the uh, phone number in your phone or write it down and make good use of it. Here it is, 901-260-5926. Again, the way you can join our Coast to Coast conversation is 901-260-5926. Dr. Patrick talked about one of the key issues of the Nikki Haley campaign, which is it's time for the next generation. She is in her, I believe, low to mid-50s. You've got Mr. Trump in his upper 70s. You've got Mr. Biden uh, above age 80. And in my view, age is just a number. Now, I don't say that. The older I get, all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, 60 is the new 40. No, trust me, I am 60, and it does not feel like 40, which I don't remember being quite a picnic either. But the point is, age is just a number, and we need to stop talking about age and talk about what we really mean. Again, Ambassador Haley on the campaign trail continually talks about age, next generation, we need a competency test for these people above a certain age. Again, we're not talking about age. And I'll expand on that in a moment after we take this break. Again, 901-260-5926. Let us know what you think. Coming up after the bottom of the hour... Freshman congressman from the state of Iowa, Zach Nunn, return guest to the program. He flipped a blue seat red a year ago, year and a half ago nearly now. We'll talk with him live from the road after the bottom of the hour. Your calls after this break. Jeff Stein in for Todd. Thanks for being along on the Todd Starn Show. Mike Lindell and MyPillow employees want to thank my listeners for your continued support. And to thank you, they have an overstock clearance sale right now for the best prices ever when you use the promo code STARNS and you get free shipping on your entire order. Get 50% off the MyPillow 2.0 and the brand new flannel sheets that just arrived won't last long, folks. Get 
Get a six-pack towel set for only $29.98 and take advantage of the free shipping on larger items like mattresses and mattress toppers, 100% made in the USA, on sale for as low as $99.99. Everything is on sale from the brand-new kitchen towels that have the same technology as the bath towels. They absorb dog beds, blankets, couch pillows, so much more. To get the best offers ever, go to MyPillow.com and use promo code STARNS or call 800-839-8506 and get free shipping on your entire order while supplies last. Welcome back to the Liberty University studio and the Todd Starn Show. Jeff Stein filling in for Todd today. 901-260-5926. That's the number that John used. Listening on the flagship, the mighty 990 in Memphis. John, thanks so much for taking the time. What's on your mind on this Friday? Well, first let me premise this real quick. Okay, my sure. wife served in the Gulf War. She was a Marine. She runs my house. Bless I her. served in the Army. Bless you. Gulf War as well. So... I need to say this. The reason why is because I need to say something about Nikki Haley always bringing her husband up yeah. as being deployed. She needs to. She needs to shut up. Okay. The reason why I say that is because every one of us has somebody we know and somebody in our family that are deployed. Okay. She's using her husband as a political tool, and that to me is an insult. Okay. You don't do that. Also. Do you remember when Prince Harry, Prince Harry, before he fell from grace, that it was released via the news media that he was working with his unit on the front yeah. lines in Afghanistan? Remember that? I do indeed. I do indeed, yes. Now, what would that have done? That made him a primary target. Right. If Nikki Haley has any common sense, which it sounds like she doesn't, she needs to stop talking about her husband because, first of all, she's putting his life at risk. Okay. And that just really makes me mad because every one of us, yes, we signed on the dotted line. We are very proud of our service. And as a matter of fact, you and your listening audiences make me happy. You guys are the reason why my family and I serve, okay? We're, you know, and and, and I'm glad about that because when I hear you, it actually, you and Todd, it actually gets me choked up because you're assuring everybody that they have their freedom of speech, but but. You just make me proud to call and listen to you. But the point is, I'm, I'm getting, I'm sorry, I get emotional sometimes, but she needs well, to stop. She really needs to stop. And she's been confronted by veterans, but it seems like she doesn't seem to understand. There's a thing about keeping your husband safe while he's deployed, and that makes him a target, and that's a dangerous thing to do. I just wanted to vent. Thank no, you, no. Mr. Stein. God bless you. I think you guys are awesome. And give your call screener a raise. She deserves a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> John, thanks to you for the call. Thank you and your wife for serving. I appreciate uh, the comments greatly. And again, here I am in Iowa, and so we knew from the start about Nikki Haley's background, and she very frequently mentioned her husband's service that she was proud of, and it was very publicly known when he was deployed and where. I do have concerns, as you quite accurately mentioned, John, about the uh, about the safety of troops. And uh, I know Mr. Trump did uh, make comments about where's her husband, and I understand why she would need to respond to that. But it does uh, 
it does call it's gone over the line I'll, I'll just grant you that it has certainly gone over the line and i remember when uh, prince harry excellent example uh, he went by the name harry wales that was the family name right his father was the prince of wales and so in the uh, in the units he was just whatever his rank was wales and uh, that was to protect him and then once his uh, identity and location was exposed i mean i go back to world war ii and i study broadcast history and we had uh, uh, folks who were covering world war ii for local stations back home they could not reveal where they were they had to say they were somewhere in holland for example that was the correct name for the country at the time uh... they because otherwise uh, you're telling the enemy where to go excellent thought from john Joe, you're in Arkansas listening also to the Mighty 990. Thanks so much for taking time to call the Todd Starn Show. What's on your mind today? Hey, good to talk to you, Jeff. Likewise. I, uh, I just wanted to, I wanted to encourage everyone to try to support Trump through the GoFundMe that the lady in Florida set up. It's specifically for this civil case in New York. Uh, I think her name is Elena Cardone. I've searched it on the GoFundMe. Just type in Trump and it pulls it up. If half mm-hmm. the people that voted for him in 20 sent $10, then he wouldn't have a problem paying this, and he wouldn't have to get rid of any of his real estate assets or anything. Well, the trick on this is how quickly can you get that kind of money in order to post the bond, because, and again, not to get into New York legal issues, uh, and I, I don't practice in New York, I'm licensed in the state of Iowa, but when you appeal, especially on a civil judgment, in order to stop them from seizing assets, you have to post either the money... Uh, while you're on appeal, mind you, uh, or a bond, and you never get the money for the bond back. So that's an awful lot of money to raise in a short period of time. Uh, do you think there's uh, good optimism? You seem to think the math works pretty well. I hope so. I mean, I, I really think that would be the quickest way to do it. I would hate to see him be forced to sell his assets and then win this on appeal, and, you know, you can never buy the property back. I think we could. We've got 30 days, according to what the media is saying, if yep. everyone jumped on there and done it, I think it could work. The 30 days is how long you have to file an appeal and you get that period of time in order to post the bond that will, the legal phrases stay, but it limits execution of the lower court judgment. So, And you've, you've found it yourself and, uh, and uh, have uh, chipped in, I trust. You betcha. I just want to uh, encourage everyone that wants to support Trump to do it. Joe, thanks so much for calling in and have yourself a very good weekend. 901-260-5926. That's how you can join this conversation from the Liberty University studio. We're coming up against the bottom of the hour break, and so there's not time, as Rush used to say, to be fair with another caller. So we do have a couple of you on the line, and I do hope you'll stay on the line, because in our next segment, we will talk with U.S. Congressman Zach Nunn. He represents the 3rd District of Iowa. That is the Des Moines metro area and rural areas of south-central Iowa. And once again, that is a blue seat that he flipped red in the fall of 2022. He's been on this program with me and with Todd and with Steve Gill in the past. He's on the road in southwest Iowa. And so if the cell signals hold up, we'll have him join us. And then we'll get back to your calls again at 901 260 5926. When we were talking with Dr. Wendy Patrick earlier and, and she was referencing uh, Nikki Haley, literally during the last commercial break, I got uh, an email because I'm on the press list, the media advisory. Now, get this tomorrow morning, Nikki Haley will cast her vote in the primary and she will do it 
at the polling location on Kiowa Island in South Carolina, and they've given us the time and all of this. But here's what it says. Note that this location is in a gated community, and the, the names of those confirmed by media to attend will be given to the officer at the gate. If you don't get an email, you will not be granted entry to the island. I've been on Kiowa Island. It is a beautiful vacation spot. Apparently, that's where she lives and votes. But what signal does it say about being a, a person of the people that you live in a gated community? We'll talk about it on the other side on the Todd Starn Show. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Welcome back to the Liberty University studio and the Todd Starn Show. Jeff Stein filling in for Todd today. Todd will be back behind the microphone on Monday. 901-260-5926 is how you can join this coast-to-coast conversation. If you're on the line, please hold. We'll get to your calls in the next segment. But joining us now, live on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, is Congressman Zach Nunn. He is a Republican representing the 3rd District of Iowa. Congressman Jeff Stein filling in for Todd. Thanks for taking the time. How are you, sir? Jeff, always a privilege to get to talk to you. And thanks so much. I'm driving in beautiful uh, rural Iowa today. So weather's a little bit warmer. We had snow on Friday, and now it's uh, warming up this week. We might even get into the mid-60s here, so... It's like spring break for us in Iowa. But I'm just back from the southern border. I was in Yuma, Jeff, and um, I'm telling you, I talked with our Customs and Border Patrol guys. It is a very different story for those folks on the front line of securing our nation. Not the first time that you've been to the southern border. Tell me what's different now, Congressman, as opposed to any of your previous trips. Well, you know, the first time I was at the southern border was doing operational mission with the Iowa Air National Guard, providing highlights of where the cartels were operating so that we could um, neutralize those folks on the Mexican side. The last two times I've been there, both in El Paso, where we literally had uh, illegal entries happening before us while I was, was with CBP, including an entry that had a backpack full of more than a pound of fentanyl, and just to put that into perspective for your listeners, that's enough to kill our capital city in Iowa, Des Moines, every resident, uh, 300,000 plus in one backpack. In my mind, that is a weapon of mass destruction, as well as what I just saw in Yuma, where we have the ability and apparatus to shut down the border right now. There is technology in place. There are fences in place. There are Customs and Border Patrol in place. 
but they have been so hamstringed by this current administration that the lights were turned off, the cameras were ordered to be turned off, that Customs and Border Patrol is running just a thin man line to be able to address everything that's happening, not just at the border, but on the farmland and the communities like Yuma, they're being overwhelmed along the southern border, as well as what we've seen a DHS Secretary Mayorkas, who has refused to enforce basic uh, laws passed by Congress or any of the executive orders that were there under the last president that prevented what we've seen over the last three years, where we've got seven million illegal immigrants coming across the border, the largest at any time in America's history, where we have nearly 5,000 Chinese military-aged men coming into this country in the last year alone. Jeff, that's an 800% increase. And as a military guy myself, I find that very concerning as to not just the human trafficking, the drug trafficking, but to the you know counterintelligence threat that is being allowed to come across our southern border. Congressman Zach Nunn of the state of Iowa joining us on the Todd Starn Show. Jeff Stein filling in for Todd today. And you're traveling. You've done some meetings. I think you had a meeting on opioids today in a very beautiful part of the state, Atlantic, Iowa. They've got a wonderful uh, historic armory facility there uh, where the Red Bulls, I believe, uh, trained at one time. Uh, How big a problem are you finding in the rural parts of the country the drugs as a result of the failure to enforce the laws on our border? Jeff, you're absolutely right. It's no longer just every county is a border county. It's that the drug problem, particularly fentanyl, is now the largest killer of folks my age down to my daughter's friend's age. That's 45 to 18. It is scary, and it's happening not just in big cities or in communities that you know face an onslaught of uh, drugs coming across the southern border. It's happening in places like Atlantic, Iowa, and Cass County. It's happening. We had the sheriff there from Decatur who just intercepted 30,000 multicolored pills on Interstate 35 destined for the heart of the heartland to kill kids. And the reality is twofold. Uh, the challenge at Cass County is that I was at the hospital talking with doctors who have seen a catastrophic increase in the number of overdoses from folks who are not druggies, to use that term, but are everyday folks who got a Percocet from a friend at school and that friend wanted to try and get them hooked, but that kid ended up dead. Uh, In rural Iowa, the access to an emergency center may be several miles away. And we know that when you have uh, contact with fentanyl, whether you're a student or a teacher or a law enforcement officer who's trying to seize it, minutes matter and their lives are at risk. Some of the things that we've tried to do, though, have been to move forward. I'm very proud to uh, pass the Narcan bill, which makes sure that you can get Narcan over-the-counter from the pharmacist. If you are a parent, uh, local law enforcement, someone who may come into contact with think of a youth minister, these folks will be able to have it readily available. It's the surest way to save lives. That's at the very individual tactical point. We've also got to look at what we're doing at the strategic level upstream to stop this from coming in. And that's where my local communities were asking for help, that law enforcement and medical and schools are overwhelmed. We've got to, I sit on the China Commission in Congress, Jeff, and we've got to hold China accountable for this. Three years ago, China was scared of the United States. They didn't produce and send the types of chemicals 
to cartels in Mexico that are killing our communities. Today, it is a top uh, way that their ch- elements within China are making money by exporting the chemicals that produce fentanyl. Remember, this is a synthetic drug. It's made in a shady lab, largely either in China or by cartels inside Mexico with a destination of the streets of everyday American communities. Congressman Zach Nunn of the 3rd District of Iowa joining us live on the Todd Starnes program. We have talked on this program, uh, yesterday I went on at length, about the fact that you have a Republican majority and you're asking folks to re-elect you. In your case, it would be the first time for re-election. What's the case that you can make? In other words, is there a, a common theme coming from the caucus of this is why folks ought to invest their vote in a Republican member of Congress in 2024? Because, again, we're coming up on, I don't have to tell you what the, what the frustrations are, we're coming up on another uh, budget deadline one week from today, et cetera, right. et cetera. So, so what's the uh, list of accomplishments that you folks can take to voters? Yeah, Jeff, so 13 months into this job, and I recognize fully that Washington is broken. Uh, we have tried to lead like I did when I was in the military and like I did when I served in the Iowa State House. In Iowa, we passed budgets on time. We ended up with a budget surplus, and we did a massive tax cut repeatedly, the largest in Iowa's history, which means that more Iowans got to keep money in their pocket. That's the best way to grow our economy. At the federal level, here are the things that I know the House has done, which I think is very, very important. One, we've highlighted the fact that we have already passed a tax cut bill to make sure that more money stays in Americans' pockets. It's a 100% depreciation bonus right off. It's making sure that we do research and development right here in the United States. And for every family, it makes sure that we have a child tax credit that actually invests in those kids in a way that the federal government has clearly not. At the same time, Republicans have recognized that the size and scope of government has gotten far too large and that we have bureaucrats in the administration who are making rules that not only drive up regulation on everybody from a small business to a farmer right here in Iowa, but that are continuing to grow the size of the national deficit. And at $34 trillion, we have got to be responsible about cutting back the size and scope of government. The feds are not going to get us out of our deficit spending problem. Congress has a constitutional responsibility to pass budgets. And I'm proud the House has moved forward with 90% of its appropriations budgets. We're still working on the last 10%, and that has to move quicker. But it is a sea change. We haven't done this in over a decade. And so as the freshman class, we have pushed hard that we will have an actual appropriations budget as the Constitution demands. I don't believe that shutting down the government helps us. There's a small group on the left and a small group on the right who want to see that happen because they think it makes for good politics and fundraising. But it's not good for anyone who's currently serving overseas if their paycheck stops. It's not good for any American who needs access to what their federal government's supposed to do. And it's certainly not good for any farmer or small business owner who depends on those partnerships, grants, and loans to be in place for them to be able to start planting uh, this spring. And, Jeff, what I'll say is that even though I'm a freshman, we came in with a very pragmatic mindset that I was going to work to get actual bills passed because that's what my bosses, 750,000 of them back here in Iowa, wanted. 
they wanted to make sure that we were tackling things like veteran suicide, and we got that bill passed. They wanted to make sure that our military troops got a pay increase. We passed the largest pay increase for military troops as Republicans enforced Biden to sign it. Uh, that was my bill and my legislation in the NDAA. And then we've also worked very hard on things that I think are important to folks in my community, whether they're Republican or Democrat, but things like um, issues for rural broadband connectivity uh, that keep rural Iowa as competitive as a big blue state. And what I'll also say is we've stopped a lot of the very bad decisions coming out of the Senate and the presidency, ones that would truly hike taxes on every American, that would imperil uh, a number of our constitutional liberties, and most importantly, that would continue to drive money into uh, long-term conflicts that the Biden administration, as we saw in Afghanistan, have no strategy to actually address. We have got to address the security right here at home. Again, that's why I went to the southern border. That's why I'm being a huge advocate that we have got to move H.R. 2 forward this legislative session. Congressman Zach Nunn, I'll talk to you on the local program in Iowa on Monday. Safe travels in the district between now and then, and thanks for the time on the national show today. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for all you do. Thanks for all your listeners. And send us your feedback uh, at zachnunn.com so we can learn from you guys and your listeners as well. We appreciate it. Wait a minute. A member of Congress accountable to the people. Who would have thought it? Uh, Congressman <laughs> Zach Nunn, thanks so much for the time. Republican, 3rd District of Iowa, that's the capital of Des Moines and surrounding areas, including the rural areas of southwest and south-central Iowa. He joined us live on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. If you're on the phone, please stay there. We will get to your calls after this break. If you'd like to join the conversation, please do so, 901-260-5926. Jeff Stein filling in for Todd, and this is the Todd Starn Show. Welcome back to the Liberty University studio and the Todd Starnes Show. Jeff Stein filling in for Todd today. If you get the Todd Starnes Morning Newsletter by email, you really should. It has links to a number of the top stories of the day. And today there were even photos from the National Religious Broadcasters Conference, Todd with various people, Dr. Gorka with Grace Baker. Oh, hey, this is good stuff. Go to ToddStarnes.com and sign up for that daily newsletter you get it in your email first thing in the morning. Great way to start the day. So much material at a very popular website. It's toddstarns.com. 901-260-5926. That's how you can join the program. And I'm flying blind. Is William still on the line? If so, let's uh, hear William from North Carolina. Hey, Jeff. How hey, are you, Jeff. sir? Thanks for holding. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for taking the time with me today, and I hope all is well with you in the great state of Iowa. We are living the dream, my friend. I hope you are as well. What's on your mind? With the forecast looking like that Donald Trump is going to be our primary president-electee, you think after Super Tuesday that he is going to announce who he's going to carry with him up there to Washington to his VP? I don't think, personally, that it would be wise for him to make that determination public until he absolutely has to. And the reason I say okay. that is each one of these individuals brings an awful lot to the table 
but they all have a divergent set of skills and talents. And you don't necessarily know which will be of most benefit until you get a little further down the line. Now, if he needed to do it to win the nomination, I could see that. Uh, sometimes that backfires right. on you because, as you may recall, Joe Biden was selected as Barack Obama's running mate because at that time I think yep. we were in a dust-up with Turkey and Biden was supposedly some guru on international policy and they thought that'd be a great idea and it turned out to about ruin the republic. But, I mean, that's my sense that he's not going to say anything till he has to. What's, what's your uh, mood on that and do you think he should? Well, I just, you know, I just wanted to pick your brain about it. I think that you're probably wise in saying that it's probably not going to be a good idea until until you have to kind of thing. But I was just, mm-hmm. I think we're just all anxious, curious, oh, sure. as voters sure. as to who he, I mean, I, I'm sure he's probably already sat down with some candidates in mind and had a conversation with them pertaining to the fact, are they going to run for the presidency when his time is up in 28? Um, because that's where we're at. Um, I'm guessing that Donald Trump can only serve one term because seeing that he's served already one term, although Correct. it has been broke up. Right. Um, but I still think he can only run for 24 to 28 if he's elected in. No, and I think that is um, a good interpretation of the, uh, of the amendment on the topic. And he mentioned the other night on Fox... He had a short list of DeSantis, Scott, Ramaswamy, Noam, Donalds, and Gabbard. It's an interesting li- uh, yeah. list. Uh, do you do you have a favorite off that list? Uh, Tim Scott would make a good one. I just you know we've all been projecting DeSantis early on, right? Um, you know DeSantis and Trump would make a good team, but I, I just don't think DeSantis is ready yet for prime time. I think he's done a good job down there in Florida, and I think maybe he just needs to go back down there and stay down there for a little while longer, maybe get back in the game later. But I just don't think he's ready for it, to be honest with you. I think Tim Scott would make a better one. I had three young women in mind. Uh, one of them uh, uh, stayed above you, and another one way south, out west, Arizona, yeah. and then one way west, out in Alaska. I think we know who all three of those women I just spoke <laughs> of, but um, they would make good candidates. But um, I don't know. You know, it's just I've I've always been as a voter, Jeff, um, term limits. But I think because of what's been going on in Washington D.C., it's been going on for as long as you and I have been living, Jeff. Yeah. And it's going to take some people up there with some experience and a lot longer than four years or even eight years, for that matter, to get things straightened around in the right direction. William, thanks so much for the call from North Carolina. I hope you have yourself an excellent weekend. A couple of interesting points there. With regard to DeSantis, Mr. Trump's legal residence in Florida, according to the Constitution, the president and vice president cannot be from the same state. That's the reason that Dick Cheney moved from Texas, his official residence, moved to Wyoming so that he could run with George W. Bush back in 2000. So Trump would have to declare a different residence, which I assume is the way they would do it because DeSantis is the governor. I can't imagine he would leave that and uh, declare a different residence. The uh, other situation, Arizona, you're mentioning uh, Carrie Lake. My sense is that they had a conversation about it because 
She uh, decided she was going to run for Senate, and I cannot imagine that was not without talking to Trump about her political future. I think Christy Nome had been with Trump at a rally, and not long after that, Carrie Lake declared for Senate, if that tells you something. All right, that's one hour down on a Friday. Two more to go. Hope you'll stay with us. Jeff Stein filling in for Todd. This is the Todd Starn Show. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us, that's right, I love this American right. Todd Starks. Wherever you're listening across this, the greatest nation God ever blessed. Thanks for being along for our number two of a Friday edition of the Todd Starnes Radio Program, coast-to-coast on 150 tremendous radio stations and streaming live at ToddStarnes.com. Hello, fellow patriots. Jeff Stein filling in for Todd today. Coming to you from my home base at News Talk 1540 KXEL in Cedar Rapids and Waterloo, Iowa, the 50,000-watt blowtorch scorching the heartland with accurate news and reasonable views. We are in the Liberty University studio. Todd continues his time with the good folks at the National Religious Broadcasters Conference in Nashville. He'll be back on Monday. We invite you to join this conversation at 901-260-5926. Again, that's 901-260-5926. If you were on the line before the break and dropped off, well, give us a call back and get back in line because we're going to take calls in the next segment for the rest of the hour on this Open Line Friday. But let's go now to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, and we welcome Phil Kirpin. Mr. Kirpin is president of American Commitment. They're online at AmericanCommitment.org. Mr. Kirpin, Jeff Stein filling in for Todd. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Jeff. How are you? I am well, and I appreciate uh, you taking the time to join us on the national show. For those who may not be aware, tell us who you folks are at American Commitment. What's the mission? What is it that you do? Well, we're a national free market advocacy group. We try to focus on all the fiscal, economic, and regulatory issues, uh, but in particular, the ones that are on the margin, where a little bit more citizen engagement, maybe letters into Congress or into a regulatory docket or something like that, might, might actually make the difference and tip an outcome in Washington in a more free market direction. People want to check out uh, all the things we're working on. AmericanCommitment.org is the website. So speaking of the U.S. economy, uh, the inflation, I, I think this is the right number. Since the Biden administration took over, the cumulative number is something like 17%. We know that when the Biden administration began, the monthly inflation was 1.6, 1.7. It wound up being as bad as 9.2. What's the status, in your view, of the U.S. economy right now from a neutral numbers-based standpoint? And then we'll talk about what might need to be done to change that. Well, we actually got a uh, we got a reacceleration of inflation uh, in January in the official report, uh, which uh, was a little bit of a surprise. It's not what the experts were predicting, and um, I think the big economic problem for most Americans, and uh, therefore the political problem for the president, 
is people are still pretty far behind where they were a couple of years ago in terms of what they can actually afford to buy, which is to say that prices have officially gone up about 18%, as you said, in the last three years. Wages, incomes have not. Uh, they've gone up considerably less than that, and therefore almost every survey shows people saying, I can't afford to buy the same things. I can't afford to do the same things on a month-to-month basis. Uh, that I could a few years ago, which means that the standard of living is lower. And, of course, you know, we're Americans. We always want the standard of living to be improving. We expect sure. this year to be a little bit better than this year. And so I think that's why there's so much pessimism. And that's only using the official numbers. I, I think that most people, when you tell them prices are up 18% over the last three years, they would sort of laugh at you and say the price that I pay are up a lot more than that, especially uh, when it comes to food, and uh, even using the official numbers, food is now, as a percent of household income, at a 30-year high. Uh, we've not seen anything that's gone up very rapidly in the last couple of years under Biden. And so you know, we've got a situation now where every time people go to the grocery store, they're feeling economic pain. Uh, that is uh, causing a lot of pessimism, regardless of what any of the other metrics are showing. And, you know, you have to eat. <laughs> you know, it's not an option. And so what's happening is... Uh, if people can't afford the prices, they put it on a credit card. And uh, we've got credit card debt up at record levels uh, as a consequence of that. And so there, there's good reason for people to be pessimistic, notwithstanding a lot of the happy uh, headlines that we've seen. And a lot of the other economic indicators that we see uh, sort of conceal uh, a lot of negatives under happy headlines. And so, for instance, we had a jobs report that was supposedly a blockbuster for January. They said that uh, 350,000 jobs were created, except... Uh, they also revised away over a million jobs from the previous year. And so you kind of, okay, well, is the 350,000 going to be revised away again in a future revision? You've got to kind of wonder about that. And then sort of uh, there's also this huge disconnect that's been growing between the two different employment surveys that we have. So we've got the survey of employers, uh, what they call the establishment survey, and that's shown a pretty steady upward trend, and that's what generates the headlines every month about jobs being created. Now we've got a separate survey of people that they call the household survey, and that one is not showing any increase in the number of people who are working. It's been pretty much flat for a while, and that means that either there's some data error or flaw in one of these surveys, or the gap is mostly made up of people who are taking second or even third jobs, which is, say, from the establishment perspective, from the employer perspective, oh, yeah, we're hiring more people, but there aren't actually more people working. There's just more people that have to work more than one job uh, to make ends meet, to keep up with the rising cost of things. And so I think that the employment report conceals a lot of weakness behind happy headlines. And the same thing with the GDP report. They were touting this great, wonderful 3.2%. We've got good economic growth, except that was driven by government consumption expenditures. It was driven by more government spending. And, of course, we're going to pay for that either in future tax hikes or in another round of inflation. And so I think that uh, there's very good reason that people are pretty pessimistic about the economy. And uh, we've got all these so-called experts saying people don't know how good they have it and why aren't they happy with all the great, wonderful economy. I think, I think people have a pretty good understanding of what's happening in their own lives. And uh, it's the headlines that are a little bit out of whack. Phil Kirpin is president of American Commitment Online, AmericanCommitment.org. He joins us on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line on the Todd Starn Show. Jeff Stein filling in for Todd today. I mean, that summation that you just gave, I mean, that was chock full of so many very specific items that we can all relate to. The fact that it's not just our imagination, food prices, grocery store trips are at a three-decade high, etc. If I go out on a weekend day and I hit uh, 
without giving the name, the the big store that was formed in Bentonville, Arkansas. I think we all know what I'm talking about. And then I go to the grocery store, and then I fill up with gas. Oh, my goodness, if I add all of that together, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to pass out. And that I have to do every single week. It's not the kind of thing that's sustainable for very long, and that's led to this trillion dollars of credit card debt, which, which I mean, that's stratospheric at the same time that interest rates are higher than ever. Yeah, it's a really good point. You know, I, I do very, I do very little grocery shopping. My wife usually does it, but you know, uh, once in a while, I, I, go, I go in the store. I got to pick up a couple of things, and I start sending text messages to my wife. I can't believe what this costs. I can't believe what that costs. This is crazy. And she's like, No, no, that's everything now. She's like, That's normal. That's how it is now. And so I, I kind of wonder if uh, the people who put out these official statistics and you know the experts that are trying to tell us how good we have it, may, maybe they don't go at all. Maybe they just haven't been to a store in ages and they're totally out of touch with what's happening because otherwise it, it's hard to, to understand uh, the happy face that they're trying to put on these things. And you're right, uh, the debt burden is astronomical. And um, you know we've all sort of got kind of double, we're sort of doubly in debt, right? Because we've got our own consumer debts, but then we've also got all of the federal debt that's being racked up to finance sort of the artificially high GDP reports that are pumped up with government spending that we're putting on the national credit card, uh, you know, the national debt. And so we're we're digging ourselves into a pretty deep hole, uh, even to create the appearance uh, that the economy is is you know kind of improving. Uh, we're doing it with debt on both the government side and the individual side, and you know debts debts all get paid eventually by somebody, even if you know even if you end up in bankruptcy and someone else takes the loss, uh, there's still an economic loss that's associated with it, and you've got to pay the piper eventually. And um, I really worry. I really worry when you look at kind of all these things that we've been talking about, Jeff. It looks very similar to what happened in the 70s when we had one big inflationary episode up to about 9%, and then it came down to 2%, and people said, ah, we're in the all-clear, and then went up to double digits. And I worry that we might be in the same kind of a situation. We're in, we're in sort of the valley in between two huge inflation mountains because um, – I don't think there's any plan on the government side to cut spending or to pay for the, uh, you know, the snowballing debt and the interest payments other than to have the Fed purchase it, which is to say print money. And if that happens, we're going to have another big bout of inflation. Phil Kirpin of American Commitment. You can follow him on the Twitter X machine at Kirpin, K-E-R-P-E-N, AmericanCommitment.org is the website. All right, so how do we get ourselves out of this? In other words, how can we resurrect the economy and relieve the problems that you just articulated so well? Well, it's not, a, um, it's not rocket science. We know the ingredients for prosperity. You've got to have... Uh, you, you've got to have deregulation. You've got to kind of get government out of everybody's business uh, and kind of have deregulation, which was you know we had very successfully in the Trump administration. You've got to have energy, which is an input in everything. So we've got to shift from anti-oil and gas to pro-production, pro-oil and gas, pro-energy. And you've got to have uh, spending restraint. You've got to have spending restraint. You've got to go back to you know sort of pre-COVID spending levels instead of having this permanently larger federal government. And you got to have low taxes, so we got to make the Trump tax cuts permanent. If we could do those things, uh, all of these problems would be solved in very short order. Remind us of the Trump tax cuts, the expiration that is coming up. And again, this is one of the maddening things that, that 
I, I, I just don't even know how to get my head around it. Congress passes a major bill that becomes law, and it has a sunset provision. So it's, it's destined to cripple the growth of business because we can never be certain about things. So remind us what goes away unless uh, Congress at some point here very soon takes action. Well, some of the Trump tax cuts were permanent. Uh, in mm-hmm. particular, things like the corporate rate at 21%, that was done, that was made permanent. Uh, some of the business provisions have already expired or in the process of expiring, like, uh, full business expensing for investments and the, the research and experimentation credit. Um, those have already expired, although the House has passed the bill to sort of revive and extend them, and, you know, the Senate is kind of twiddling their thumbs, so we'll, we'll see what happens uh, with that. But the big expiration, the big one, the kind of the enchilada is on the individual side, and all of the individual side tax cuts uh, expire at the end of 2025. So they're there December 31st, 2025, January 1st, 2026. They are gone, and so if Congress doesn't act, uh, then come tax year 2026, we've got big tax hikes on everyone, uh, and you know, we've got that kind of hanging over the U.S. economy in the interim. And so this is one of the major issues uh, that the next Congress and the next president are going to have to deal with, is how do you resolve that? And you know, do we have tax hikes on some and not on others, or do we extend everything? And you know, this is, you know, like if the Democrats have either the White House or the House or the Senate, if they have even one of those, you're talking about some kind of negotiated deal that probably has tax hikes on some people. If Republicans end up kind of sweeping the board and they get House, Senate, and White House, then, you know, we probably get everything extended. And so this is, um, it's kind of on the margin right now. We've got another couple of years, uh, but then that's it. So the end of next year, essentially, uh, is when all the individual side tax cuts expire. And since Congress moves at such a speedy pace... Witness the farm bill and the budget. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good cautionary note. It sounds like a long way off, but it is not. Phil Kirpin, thanks so much for the excellent conversation. As always, AmericanCommitment.org, the website for all good information on these topics. We'll talk again soon, sir. All right, have a good one, Jeff. You do the same. Phil Kirpin of American Commitment joined us live on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker Line here on the Todd Starn Show. Jeff Stein filling in for Todd from the Liberty University studio. It's your calls the rest of the hour on an open line Friday at 901-260-5926. Your calls after the break. This is the Todd Starn Show. Welcome back to the Liberty University studio in the Todd Starn Show. Jeff Stein filling in for Todd today. This program's great affiliate in North Georgia is celebrating its 75th anniversary. That's WDUN, and that is the station Anna listens to the Todd Starn Show on. Thanks for calling in. What's on your mind today? Thanks, Jeff. Um, I want I want to find out where is that half a billion dollars that they're extorting from the president, uh, the former president. Uh, where's that money going? There's no damage parties involved in this case well what happens at this point is in order to appeal and not have the asset seized he has to place that amount of money in escrow in a bank account so that it is guaranteed to be there if he does not do that even though he is appealing they have the right to execute on the judgment just a legal way of saying that they're going to collect the assets 
This was an action, since you're quite correct, Anna, there, there are no victims here, period. This is an action brought by the state of New York on behalf of all the people of the state of New York, technically speaking, and so it would go to a fund in the state, either to the state treasury or often these excessive damage awards like the punitive damages in many states, it goes into a fund that supports uh, victim rights and uh, indigent defense for those who can't afford lawyers, etc. The short answer to your question, though, is it goes to the state of New York. How's that make you feel? It just it, it infuriates me because they're not they're not even good stewards of their own money, and they have to go to a private citizen and have trumped up charges against him in a civil suit in a civil suit. And Letitia James, that hack, is she is extorting money. She's like a, a she's like a legal polit bad politician, and so is this nut job up here in a down in um, It's just it's obviously criminal, and and no one's doing anything about it except well the the House of Representatives trying to do some things, uh, probably not directly involved, but this is just outrageous. It absolutely is, Anna, and as a lawyer, it just uh, it bothers me to no end to see the system abused like this to where we now have this new phrase, lawfare, uh, to uh, address all of these attacks on the former president. Anna, thanks so much for calling in. I do appreciate it. Uh, one of the things about uh, 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 Letitia James, the Attorney General of New York, that, that Anna quite accurately mentioned, what was her campaign platform? I will work every day to get Donald Trump. Now, that is not what you're supposed to do as a prosecutor. Now, now some of you may not believe this. This may be splitting hairs, in fact, but it's always been taught to me as a lawyer that the job of a prosecutor is not to get convictions. It is to embrace justice, to make sure justice is served on behalf of all of the people. When you get up there and say, I am going to get this person and their family, what you're saying is, we don't care a hoot about what the facts are. We don't care about anything other than getting someone. And that's why this case was handled differently than any other similar case, fact-wise, that you would have had. He is being treated differently, and it clearly stinks to high heaven. We'll come back with more of your calls after this break on The Todd Starn Show. Welcome back to The Todd Starn Show, coming to you from the Liberty University studio. Jeff Stein filling in for Todd on this Friday. Coming up in our next hour... We'll speak with the co-founder of the Robert Kennedy Super PAC called American Values 2024. He's Tony Lyons. Mr. Lyons has a day job as well, president of Skyhorse Publishing, very popular uh, label uh, publisher these days. Also in the next hour, we'll speak with a filmmaker whose work, America Invaded, is attracting a lot of attention. 
all that and more in our next hour. We have your calls between now and the end of this hour at 901-260-5926. Ethan was kind enough to call back in, and uh, let's connect with uh, Ethan North Carolina. Thanks so much for taking the time to call the Todd Starn Show. Jeff Stein here. What's on your mind, Ethan? Hi, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm, a big Trump su- I'm a big Trump supporter. Um, I don't think President Trump has been getting enough credit recently. I have been so impressed with all the statements and so- social media postings that he's been putting out there. Pro-democracy, pro-Navalny, anti-Putin, anti-autocracy. Um, he's made so many really, really good points on those topics just how valuable democracy is and just really how strong of a person and important of a figure Alexei Navalny is. He's made so many good points. Is there any point that he made that you think was the most important pertaining to those topics? Well, I think the problem is that if you read his posts, you get a very different view than if you read the formerly mainstream media. Because when he simply mentions Navalny, immediately they they twist the words to suggest that uh, he's uh, overcompensating for his uh, devotion for Putin, that he himself is a Russian operative. I mean, all of this garbage that's out there. I, I think that if you actually read the words of Trump on democracy and the role of the people. I think that's some of the most powerful stuff because, in my view, he believes it. And therefore, it's not like he's reading a script. I mean, this is how the man feels, and nobody would subject themselves to the treatment he's had since he came down the escalator unless he believed it. Your thoughts? Yeah, I don't think... Why would anyone think that he's pro-Putin, pro-autocracy, anti-Navalny, anti-NATO. I, I can't fathom why anyone would think that. Can you? Because well, most sure. people are so smart. Well, the, it's because of the fact that we have, I mean, really for my entire life, uh, Russia's been the uh, the boogeyman. Russia's been the... the wait, wait, the, Jeff, 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 can you, Jeff, can you be any more tone deaf? I am being so sarcastic to you. You don't I know even you realize are. it. I know. No, I do know. I do know, and I'm just going to no, bull think, ahead I don't because you, no, I don't think you. Do. You don't think so? Okay. Hey, I am so glad you spent all that time today to call back to try to make a point. Uh, but the bottom line is, you and people like you don't want to listen to other people and their thoughts. I take all callers seriously. I could tell that your voice was dripping with sarcasm when you said, which of these things do you think is the best phrase? I'm going to answer it honestly. And if that's the best way you want to spend your time by thinking you're going to try to throw a talk show host and uh, uh, sit back on social media and think that uh, you've got the better, eh, that's good. You've got that small a life, God bless you. 901-260-5926. Because, again, the whole point, I don't, this is what I don't understand. What has Donald Trump done to you people to make you so rabidly against him that you're willing to make up all manner of stories because he's the boogeyman? I just do not get it. And the reason why people who are ignorant like that 
use Russia all the time is, as I was saying before Mr. Smart Alec uh, rudely interrupted, my entire life we've thought of Russia as the bad guys. This is the boogeyman. China is a pretty big threat that we have not been paying attention to. But there is a, a cohort of people that says, well, if you can say they're from Russia or they're allied with Russia, then that's going to drive uh, people's opinion. You're going to have to do better because as opposed to snarkiness and a narrative, try facts, try actual data, try actual information, as opposed to discredited material. Because what those on the left do not understand, because it does not fit their narrative, what those on the left do not understand is that the American people are smart. The American people figure it out. And the people in large cities across the country, they're in their little blue bubbles, and they cannot imagine what it's like in the main portion of the country. The tone deafness of the Democrat Party to change the entire nominating process this year to get behind a guy who had a whale of a time ever getting votes, namely we're talking about Joe Biden here, why is this process, quote-unquote, starting in South Carolina? Because he got his butt handed to him in Iowa every time. He finished fifth in New Hampshire. It was only because they got together on a Stop Bernie approach and came up with this, everybody else fold the tent so we can get behind Joe, and uh, he'll be good for a term, and now they don't know what to do about it. So you're going to try to jerry-rig a process, you're going to try to take all of the votes away from the people. That's what they've done. It's clearly what they have done. But that's different because there's a higher calling. And what's the higher calling? We know more than you do. And as they changed that calendar to put South Carolina first, you know what they wound up doing? Having absolutely no contests in the central or mountain time zones. Think about that. Only East Coast and West Coast. Only Eastern Time Zone and Pacific Time Zone. Because that's all that matters. The rest of us living in the heartland, feeding the world, keeping this nation as strong as it is, you're going to ignore those people? Well, that's fine. You elites who think you're so much smarter than everybody else, you go off on your own. Because the American people are far smarter than that. And the American people are calling your bluff. And that's why you're having to engage in all manner of cheating and violating Supreme Court rulings, like on financial aid and uh, student loans, etc. Do whatever it is that you can do because the people are stupid. Well, the people are not stupid. The people listening to this program are not stupid. And that is why Donald Trump won in 2016 and why people can't figure it out. You know, one of the things that I recall, and again, I'm here where we actually help select the president as opposed to carping from the sidelines.
We had a number of young people, not just in this state, but across America in 2016, who said, we can't decide it's either Bernie Sanders or Donald Trump. And big, intelligent, political professionals said, well, they're exactly opposite. You can't be serious. Well, they were serious. Because these are people who felt disenfranchised. These are people who felt that nobody cared in Washington and nobody cared across the country in these positions of political eliteness. So granted, Sanders and Trump were pretty diametrically opposed on the political spectrum, but they both knew how to tap into something. And that was the disillusionment of a great segment of the population. And if you think any of that's better now than it was going into 2020, good luck. Because there really is no helping these elites who only want to gain more power for themselves. They have no other sad existence other than that. I had a pretty good existence before Joe Biden took over. And as you heard in the last segment, really? The cost of things? Ugh. The deplatforming of people? Trying to ruin people's businesses because of their political beliefs? That's why I'm such a supporter of Mike Lindell and my pillow. First of all, before all of the political activity, I had a my pillow. Nobody pays me to have a my pillow. I have one because guess what? It works. Tremendous night sleep every night. I've also got uh, the percale sheets, and they're pretty outstanding as well. But the literally the my pillow changed my life because I had all manner of neck pain and uh, couldn't get a good night's sleep. Tried everything else, finally got a my pillow, and now I have a my pillow 2.0. Absolutely the best stuff. And the thing that I love about this is after some stores stopped selling his products for political reasons, some of those folks are out of business now. I'm looking at you, Bed Bath & Beyond. I stopped going there. You don't, want to, you don't want to stock his products in your store? I don't need to spend my money there. So Mike Lindell's selling online primarily at MyPillow.com. Well, guess what? Could have kept the prices the same as they were in the stores. But he didn't. He lowered the prices. Why? Because it would have been extorting money from you to keep charging these high amounts. When his pillows are in stores, the stores need to take a cut, right? That raises the retail price. Well, if you're not having to worry about that, you can offer deep, deep discounts online, pass the savings on to your loyal customers. And that is exactly what Mr. Lindell has done. I've never met him. I hope to someday not just for standing up for what's right, but for helping me get the best sleep I've ever had. And by the way, now, Giza Dream Bed Sheets, the world's best cotton, ultra-soft, breathable, but yet durable. And the sale of the year is on right now, still for a limited time. You never know when this is going to go away, so better act on it now as you go into the weekend. 50% off! Yes, Mabel, he said 50%. Even adult like Ethan in North Carolina would know. 50% off Giza Dream Sheets. They're now as low as $29.98, depending on the size. Here's what you should do. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Podcast Square, and use promo code STARNS. Now, that's where you'll find not only this amazing offer, 
but also deep discounts on all the MyPillow products. That includes MyPillow 2.0, mattress topper, MyPillow kitchen towel sets, and much more. If you'd like to use the phone and talk to a real human, that's a good thing. 800-839-8506. That's 800-839-8506. Or go to MyPillow.com. But whatever you do, use the promo code STARNS to get the absolute best deal. 901-260-5926. Real calls, fake calls, both are welcome. And I I know some of you are listening during the lunch hour, and after the break I've got a story that may make you set your lunch aside. That's coming up. Jeff Stein filling in for Todd. So grateful that you're along on this edition of the Todd Starn Show. Welcome back to the Liberty University studio and the Todd Starn Show. Good to have you along. I'm Jeff Stein filling in for Todd today. 901-260-5926 is how you can join us. I saw this post, and I had to click on the story just because I couldn't believe it. And I'm going to share it with you as we close out this second hour on a Friday. The, The one thing I would note is this show airs live across the country. It's noon to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific. The rest of you know how to read a clock to know what time it is, but where I am here in the state of Iowa in the Midwest, where the flagship is in Memphis, folks may be finishing lunch. And so I really apologize in advance if any of you lose your appetite on what I'm about to read. Now, this is something that was posted online at DailyMail.com. A reporter by the name of Katie Rogers, she's a longtime White House reporter for the New York Times, and she has a forthcoming book which is entitled, American Woman, The Transformation of the Modern First Lady from Hillary Clinton to Jill Biden. All right, fair enough. Apparently, the president, current president, President Biden, uh, provided an interview, or at least they got this information, that apparently Mr. Biden is fond of saying to anybody who will listen that the key to his 47-year marriage to Dr. Jill. Joe Biden says the key to the success of their marriage is, in his words, good sex. Now, I try to be very careful with topics on the radio, especially when I'm uh, doing this program, because uh, this is kind of like borrowing Todd's car, right? He's letting me drive his car. Well, he'd never let me drive his Cadillac, but he'll let me host his radio show, and so I try try to be careful. But anything goes on Fridays, and so I thought I should tell you that the President of the United States says the key to his marriage after 47 years is good sex. Apparently, and now this is true, remember this, 2006, he was asked about running for president in 2008. Now, he was still a senator at this point, right? 2008 is when Barack Obama was uh, nominated and Biden became the uh, vice presidential nominee. But in 2006, when asked, are you considering running for president, he said, quote, I'd rather be at home making love to my wife while my children are asleep, unquote. I am sorry if the creep-out factor, the creepiness factor, is getting uh, getting a little little high here for a Friday. Uh, the book comes out Tuesday. It uh, has a, a variety of uh, 
quotes uh, from these things, and they talk about the the loving nature of the Bidens, and you know, Joe stops to pick up a dandelion and uh, hand it to her, and et cetera. Okay, that's fine. I, I I don't know a thing about the relationship. Don't care about the relationship. What I really don't want to know is that the guy that we see stumbling up and down the short steps on Air Force One with tennis shoes on because he can't make it up the stairs the right way, I don't want to think of that guy and the phrase good sex anywhere in the same paragraph. I don't want him anywhere in the same hour of time. Here's the other thing, though, to think about. Headline. Biden, 81, says the key to his marriage is good sex. And that that infuriates his wife, risque jokes about their private life, and and that's what we've been talking about. Here's what I'm going to ask you to consider. What if that quote was attributed to Donald J. Trump? What would the reaction be? I mean, this is portraying it as, oh, isn't that great? And they have this wonderful relationship, and oh, he embarrasses her, but he's just such a scamp. If Donald Trump had said the key to his marriage was good sex, there'd be another three states trying to throw him off the ballot before the November election. Welcome to Journalism in 2024. So glad you're along on the ride today. Third hour of the show's coming up. Stay tuned. Jeff Stein in for Todd, and this is the Todd Starn Show. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. Wherever you're listening across this, the greatest nation God ever blessed, welcome to Hour 3 of a Friday edition of the Todd Starnes radio program coast-to-coast on 150 tremendous radio stations and streaming live at toddstarns.com. Hello, fellow patriots. I'm Jeff Stein filling in for Todd again today. Todd will be back on Monday. He is completing work at the National Religious Broadcasters Conference in Nashville, and judging from the photos that I've seen on the social media, they're having a great time. And I'm having a great time being able to have this conversation with you, as always. 901-260-5926. That's how you can join our Coast to Coast conversation on this Open Line Friday. We're in the Liberty University studio. 901-260-5926. Same number as always to reach the Star and Show. I'm coming to you from my home base, Iowa's home for Todd Starnes, News Talk 1540 KXCL in Cedar Rapids and Waterloo, Iowa, the 50,000-watt blowtorch scorching the heartland with accurate news and reasonable views. Follow along, toddstarns.com. There's the live show blog right there as well. Follow Todd on virtually all the social media at Todd Starnes. On the Instagram, he's there at Todd Starnes FNC. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Getter, Truth Social, Threads, at Iowa Politics, I-O-W-A Politics. 
Joining us now on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line is Tony Lyons. Now, I first met Mr. Lyons on the radio in his role as president of Skyhorse Publishing. In addition to that, these days he is co-founder of the Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Super PAC, American Values 2024. Mr. Lyons, Jeff Stein in Iowa filling in for Todd Starnes. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate the opportunity. I have great uh, admiration for what you folks have done at Skyhorse Publishing. That is, I believe, how you first became acquainted with Robert F. Kennedy Jr., is that correct? Yes, definitely. And, uh, you know, I'm the proud publisher of his two incredible books, The Real Anthony Fauci and The Wuhan Cover-Up. Talk about the the publishing business these days, because I know, as the author of six books, uh, if you want to get them into certain stores, well, you got to give up a fair amount of the of the price, and online opens some other doors. But how easy it has it been, or how difficult has it been, for Skyhorse Publishing to get some of those books out to the public? Yeah, it's a really tough process now because the you know the. Uh, publishing field is sort of uh, controlled by a very small number of publishers now. So there used to be hundreds and hundreds of book publishers all around the country. Now there are five publishers who control about 90% of the publishing in the United States. And all of those people have a very similar point of view. And most of the books that they publish are, you know, uh, connected to their political beliefs. So there's a lot of internal censorship of, you know, dissenting views, and it becomes very hard for the public to get information that's not, you know, skewed towards those political views in, in book form. And, uh, and it's hard for a lot of people to get, to get published, and then it's hard for a publisher like me to uh, get those books into bookstores when many of the owners of the bookstores and the, and the leadership of the bookstore chains, uh, you know, have that same kind of political uh, leaning. Well, we know that for a fact for Todd at one of the local Memphis bookstores that has decided uh, they don't like the topic of his forthcoming book, Twilight's Last Gleaming, so they're not going to bother to uh, host a book signing. I mean, it's it's pretty pervasive, but you've been able to, uh, despite the uh, the challenges, been able to get Mr. Kennedy's message out in book form and other uh, authors that have an important thing to say. Yeah, we have published all of the dissenting views that had to do with with COVID. So, you know, Dr. Robert Malone's book, yes. My Government Told Me, uh, Dr. Pierre Corey's book, The War on Ivermectin, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough's book, you know, just a lot of these stories. And no other publishers really wanted to to have the public, you know, uh, have access to those stories. So I, I was very proud to, to be able to publish those. And then, you know, those books have all done very well. And uh, it, it took a lot of work, it's sort of like guerrilla marketing. You know, you can't just put them into stores because a lot of stores just, just don't want them. Even though you hear all the time that small bookstores are, you know, uh, having difficulty getting, um, you know, uh, you know, making things work. Uh, but when it when it comes to the business side of of just selling books, they don't want to sell books that they disagree with, which I think is uh, it's just really awful and kind of un-American. 
Tony Lyons is president of Skyhorse Publishing, and he joins us on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line on the Todd Starn Show. Jeff Stein filling in for Todd today. What led you to be one of the co-founders of a super PAC called American Values 2024? Yeah, so I've known Bobby Kennedy for, uh, I think, 12 years. I've published all of his books, you know, over the last decade. Uh, I think it's something like 10 books. Mm-hmm. And I've seen just what incredible authenticity and integrity he has. And I've watched him as he's brought something like 500 lawsuits to make sure that the government agencies do the work that they're supposed to be doing to protect the public. And also, you know, uh, trying to make sure that the biggest, greediest corporations that are creating projects, you know, uh, products that harm the public, that they're held to account for that. So, you know, he's done just incredibly difficult work uh, over all these years. And, you know, when he decided to run for president, and I knew him so well and saw that we're at this sort of turning point in history, I believe that he was uniquely qualified and had the experience, uh, you know, to do the things that need to be done as president. American Values 2024, are you the folks that did the Super Bowl ad, or am I confusing you with someone else? You are correct. Uh, you know, that's our that, that's been the, the biggest ad spend that, that we've, you know, done so far. It cost $7 million, but we think it was an incredibly successful ad. It was viewed by, we've been told, 250 million people. 123 million people watched it at the Super Bowl, and 127 million right around there watched it after the Super Bowl. It was, you know, on just dozens and dozens of TV shows where people loved it or they hated it or they questioned it or they, you know, wondered whether it was right to have an ad that was similar to the John F. Kennedy ad. So just all kinds of different ideas. But we were looking at getting to people over 45 who mostly get their media you know from the mainstream and that we thought that those people had been subjected to censorship and propaganda and didn't have a clear view that bobby kennedy was even running and we think it was really successful in getting through to those people there was a poll taken about a month or two ago that said that if the only people in america who could vote for president were people 45 years of age or younger Bobby Kennedy would win the election. He would beat both Trump and Biden. So we wow. thought that we really have to get to the baby boomers, and, and that's what we did. I watched that in real time. I saw it come on, and as a uh, student of political history, I, I don't say that boastfully. I mean, I love this stuff. I've, I've lived it. And I, I heard the refrain of the song, and I knew exactly what was coming. And then when I saw how you folks had artfully imposed... Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s image over that of his late uncle, President Kennedy, in the ad. I just said, that is a masterful stroke. Some are going to hate it, but I thought it was just a really inspired choice. Uh, the folks who were vehemently opposed to you doing that, I have a feeling all that did was make even more people look at it online and give you even more exposure to it, which is not what they had in mind. Yeah, that was such a great part of the story and really showed us how successful we had been. So the first story was that his family doesn't like it. 
But right. you dig into that story, and you know he's got something like 105 living family members, and four of them came out and said they didn't like the ad for this or that reason. It turns out those are the same four people who haven't liked anything that he's done since he has announced that he's running for president. So they had no reaction whatsoever to the ad. They just two of them work for Biden. They're on his payroll, and the yeah. other two are close to those two. So there's a very small fraction of his family, and. You know, the DNC was so panicked by Bobby's success over the last few months and the success of this ad that they just, you know, rolled out every dirty trick they could think of. One was to weaponize his family. Then they said that, uh, you know, so we have donors from across the political spectrum, left, right, center. Uh, the actual donor who uh, who was the primary person who paid for the Super Bowl ad is a lifelong Democrat who sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, has views that are evolving, I think, rightly. And um, uh, but the DNC has been running ads saying that uh, that this was funded by a major Republican donor. So they're just, you know, ro- rolling out all these dirty tricks, trying to keep Bobby Kennedy off the ballot, trying to, you know, complaining to the FEC that we're, you know, essentially being too successful in uh, uh, in our ballot access work. So I think that it's, it's really just an incredible story of um, the corruption that governs the two major parties and what panic sets in when there's a legitimate, trustworthy, successful third-party candidate that I think Americans are really ready for. AV24.org is the website for the Super PAC American Values 2024. I'll say it again, AV24.org. And it is clear, uh, based upon how the Democratic National Committee has acted toward uh, Mr. Kennedy, how the uh, requests for Secret Service protection, and frankly, that is uh, criminal, the way they have treated him, uh, on that, Absolutely it, criminal. I mean, it's uh, you know, thank God that he has the resources for his own security. But uh, we've we've mentioned that story multiple times. It just shows exactly how entrenched those who are in uh, power uh, and 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 the 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 lengths they'll go to uh, stay in power. Uh, give us a sense of how successful you think this is going to be. Do you have a goal of how many state ballots to get on uh, by a certain time? Or what's uh, what's the plan, understanding that the campaign is separate from American Values 2024? Yeah, definitely. We don't coordinate with them in any way. But just to go back for one second to the fact that Bobby Kennedy has been denied three times yes. Secret Service protection that was developed in response to the assassinations of his father and his uncle, and nobody else in a similar situation has been denied in the last 60 years. So, And then after three really good applications where he made a very strong argument, even though he shouldn't have had to make any, you know, so that somebody came to a party of his armed with two guns, uh, people have tried to break into his home, uh, you know, he really needs this protection. It's draining his campaign that he has to pay for it. But, you know, after all of that, they just gave it to Nikki Haley, who has no story <laughs> like his, is polling much, much lower than he is, has doesn't have stories about people threatening her or trying to hurt her. 
So you see that the government is just absolutely weaponized to protect the president. And, you know, Nikki Haley, they probably gave protection to her as an anti-Trump kind of mm-hmm. uh, statement. And they're not giving it to Bobby Kennedy to drain his campaign and to support the sitting president. It is so transparent, it uh, hardly uh, bears further comment. Mr. Lyons, thank you so much for the excellent conversation and the tremendous work that you do to get uh, voices to be heard out there. AV24.org is the website for American Values 2024. Tony Lyons, thanks so much. Have an excellent weekend, sir. Yeah, thanks so much. Tony Lyons, Skyhorse Publishing and American Values 2024. And he joined us on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker Line here on the Todd Starn Show. If you're on the line, stay there. We need to take a quick break to take care of some business. And when we come back, your calls on an open line Friday at 901-260-5926. Jeff Stein filling in for Todd. This is the Todd Starn Show. Welcome back to the Liberty University studio and the Todd Starn Show. Susan's on the line from Georgia listening to the great WDUN. Susan, thanks for calling in at 901-260-5926. What's on your mind on this Friday? Hi. I uh, wanted to comment on your your comment about Joe Biden's, um, what he said, 47 years of marriage, had um, what had contributed to that. Yes, ma'am. And... I try to listen to both right-wing and left-wing talk show uh, talk shows and watch them on television because I like to compare and see what's being said. And I yes. must say, on both sides, there are too many. There's too much name calling and putting down. But if you just give me a quick minute here or less, I'd like to present the other side. Um, Please, ex-president Trump. And, sure, and go ahead. What? Okay, and his marriages. Um, first of all, he did. we know that he did run around on his first wife, Ivana, when she was home with three children and eventually married Marla Maples and had a child. We know that in his third marriage to Melania that he did um, solicit a porn star while she, I can't remember if she was either pregnant or had just had Baron. We do know that he raped several women, one of whom he just lost $83 million lawsuit to in court. We know that he has made crude, misogynistic comments against women when he was both running for president. Example, Carly Fiorina said, look at her face. It looks like a horse's face. And that he continues to put down women with misogynistic comments about their weight, their looks, so on. And I would just like, oh, and we also heard when he was running for president his comment about being able to grab women by their privates. And those were his own words. That isn't something that someone fabricated. And I would much rather hear about a loving marriage of 47 years. And even though Joe's comment might have been inappropriate, you don't hear women being put down or you don't hear comments about his going out with a porn star or something when he was still married. And I I just feel that you talk show hosts have such a responsibility to the public and I'd like for you to present both sides fairly and maybe, and I'm not accusing you of this, but many, please cut back on the negative comments and, and the uh, for both sides. Well, I think you've made some excellent points, and I, I tell people to listen to all sides because we don't have a, a an intelligent conversation or a democracy without that. 
And so I thank you for weighing in. I will mention, however, and I do need on behalf of the program to disclaim this, in Susan's comments, she talked about rapes that have been proven, or we all know this. Those are libelous statements without the, the, the documents and backing it up. So uh, that sets you up, ma'am, for a lawsuit, I'm afraid. And I just think we need to be fair on all sides. Bottom of the hour break. Back on the other side on the Todd Starn Show. Welcome back to the Liberty University studio, Todd Starnes radio program, last half hour of the program on a Friday. Hello, I'm Jeff Stein filling in for Todd. If you'll allow me, I want to go back on something that that I said at the bottom of the hour in response to caller Susan from Georgia. And I want to be very clear about it because, again, her point is that we all need to be civil and and, uh, accurate, and so I want to be. Mr. Trump has never been convicted of a criminal charge of sexual assault or rape, and they are not the same thing. All rapes are sexual assaults, not all sexual assaults are rapes. As a lawyer, I can tell you, look it up. The civil lawsuit that she referenced in New York did not have a finding that was consistent with what she claimed. And so when she said, we all know he has raped several women, I think may have been what she said, Well, we don't know this, and you have to be so abundantly careful to be accurate. I concur 100% that there are far many folks who like to just fire out invectives. Not saying she did that, but but the the idea is we, we don't listen to the other side. And again, there may be some of you, by the way, who said, well, why did you have somebody on from uh, Robert Kennedy's super PAC? Because if he's successful, it could deny a Republican the White House. All voices deserve to be heard, folks, in a respectful and above-board manner. So I appreciate the phone call from George. I just want to make sure that we're abundantly clear on um, terminology, because that's where we, we get into trouble with things. And I did not make a lot of friends during the uh, uh, Iowa caucuses, the presidential uh, run-up here in Iowa, because I would put anybody on the air who was a declared candidate. I chose no favorite. I endorsed no one. It was not my role as a program host. I don't do a talk show. I interview people. That's what I do on my station. And so we had everybody on who would come on because all voices, contrary to what the Republican National Committee wanted, I thought all voices deserve to be heard because they're all very sincere about it. They all had ideas. You may not agree with them, but they deserve to be heard because that's the role of citizens in a representative democracy. And so, again, our caller Susan before the break said she likes to listen to a variety of different uh, things and watch different things. I think that's tremendous. You know, if you really want to go back into history, in the earliest days, colonial times, we only had the printed word. But they were not trying to be unbiased. They were they, they would put the name uh, of their loyalties in the name of the paper. More contemporary examples are things like the 
Globe Democrat, the Times Republican, et cetera, et cetera. And at least at the time the newspaper was named, you knew where they stood. Well, the concept at the time was you would go consume a variety of different sources of information, and then you would make your judgment based on the variety of sources that you consumed. We've now gotten to this point, and and really a, a hundred years ago when American Broadcasting started, all of these stations are licensed by the federal government. And they are supposed to act in what is called the public interest, convenience, and necessity. That's the term of art. It hasn't changed in more than a hundred years. Actually, the Federal Radio Act of 1926, and now the FCC Act of 1934 is amended. Okay, we, we still say public interest, convenience, and necessity, but what that means has changed over time. Well, the bottom line is, that's how we got to broadcast news supposedly being impartial, and then newspapers sort of got drug along with it, especially as World War II broke out. Well, now we have limitless number of voices out there because of social media and online, etc. You may not be able to get them all if you don't pay for a certain cable system or whatever, but the bottom line is we are back to this idea that there are a lot of focused media, if you will, that they have a political viewpoint, they take a political stand. The problem we have now is too many of us are engaged in the echo chamber. We only talk to people who agree with us, we only listen to people who agree with us, and I am a huge fan of bringing on the other side. Again, it'll aggravate some people in my audience in Iowa when I will bring someone on who is not of their political party. Well, my feeling is you need to hear all sides because, first, what if you hear the other side and you say, well, no, wait a minute, that bears a little bit of investigation. Well, now you're smarter than you were before. What if it leads you to reevaluate? That's a good thing. What if it makes you even more convinced that you were right to begin with? Ah, well, that's, uh, that's worth it as well. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, take uh, Maalox or Tums and watch the other side because you've got to, first of all, know what the other side is doing. Okay, if you want to be mercenary about it, you've got to know what the other side is doing. You have to do a little opposition research in that respect. But you also, I mean, it's just part of being a good, informed citizen to take in all information from all different sources. I mean, it just is. That's part of what we're supposed to do if we're going to be intelligent voters. And we got enough people who don't take this seriously. So, just a few thoughts on that. Love to hear your thoughts before we're done. At the top of the hour, it's 901-260-5926, Liberty University Studio, and the line where you can join the Coast to Coast Conversation is 901-260-5926. If you heard our guest, Tony Lyons, of the RFK Super PAC American Values 2024 in the past hour, or any of the guests on this program, you know that they come to us via the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. And for a decade now, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. The team has been a great supporter of this program, and they have such a great product. Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage. Now, that gives you the ability to access all three major cellular networks. What that means is you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to 
but your money every month, the money you pay in the bill, it goes to fund causes you believe in as opposed to funding the left. Think of those big companies. And you pay bills, and where does the money go for the things that they find important? When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending a message to those big companies. You're sending a message that you support life, religious freedom, free speech, the Second Amendment, and especially our military veterans and first responder heroes, and indeed, heroes all. Patriot Mobile's 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. And it's been a few months, but on the air, I went to the uh, PatriotMobile.com website and started to walk through switching service, and and it was just going to take a few moments. I, I could do it so easily. But if you need help, well, then call. Again, 100% U.S.-based customer service. You want to keep your number? Fine. You want to change your number? Fine. You want to keep your current phone? Fine. Or upgrade to something new? They'll take care of all of it. And they're doing it not because they've got some sort of quota and they're trying to upsell. They're trying to help you find the best plan for your needs. So here's what you should do. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Todd, T-O-D-D. PatriotMobile.com slash Todd. Or call 972-PATRIOT. And you want to use the offer code TODD because that's how you get free activation, boys and girls. Make the switch today. PatriotMobile.com slash TODD. That's PatriotMobile.com slash TODD. Or 972-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com slash TODD. Or 972-PATRIOT. You'll be glad you did. 901-260-5926 is the number that Diane used to call in from Maine, where she listens on the Great Starns affiliate WLOB. Diane, thank you for calling in today. What's on your mind? Oh, hi, Jeff. How are you today? I am tremendous. Better now that you've called. (laughs) Well, unfortunately, (laughs) I'm calling from the communist-run state of Maine. If you follow me, we're really pretty bad up here and i've been a main of my whole life i mm. listen to todd all the time he knows i call quite often well not quite often but enough i just wanted to say with all the callers you've had you know they've done all right but some of them have been kind of sarcastic and you've done a, a superb job this week you really have you are so kind, Diane. I appreciate that greatly. Uh, as I mentioned a moment ago, I interview people on my show. We don't have callers, and so it's uh, always enjoyable to talk to people like you and even the folks who are trying to throw a few uh, rocks uh, just because I don't yeah. get to do it very much. So it's a, it's a lot of fun. Well, I get it because I'm such a conservative and I'm a nagger all the way. But I had to laugh at I was listening to uh, Jamie Raskin last night because yeah. of this thing with the Russian spy that they yeah. arrested and unarrested. Well, this should <laughs> just drop the impeachment against Joe Biden completely. Well, <laughs> he said, we want to work for the American people again. We really have to start doing that. And I just felt like saying, how many nails do you have to put on it, in us against the wall? I mean, you've driven us crazy. The whole Democrat party has. What more can you do to us? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, anytime someone says, uh, Diane, anytime someone says, we just want to work for you, the people, grab your purse, grab your billfold, and batten down the hatches. Well, I couldn't stop laughing, Jeff. I said, my God, if they work any harder for us, I don't know what will happen. (laughs) I won't have any money left, will I? (laughs) 
but I do have one more thing before I, I let you go. Oh, as, as I you said, please. Yes, you've done a, a superb job. I'm going to run this by Todd next week when he's get when he gets back. I have a All movement right. for Trump, and I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but it might help take care of that fine. And I'm going to run it by Todd's crew before I get back on the air. Um, okay. I, I I think it would help him immensely if I can get it started. So I know he has a GoFundMe page, but it's it's raised like four hundred thousand, which is like a dent towards this. This is a half a billion dollars. Yeah. And I know Trump has at least seventy five million supporters. And I just want us to rally around him, Jeff. And it won't cost much. It's like very minuscule. But we could get him over that hump and show him we're always by his side. Even when he says, with me by my side, we're definitely going to be there. And well, I think it's an excellent... No, no, I think it's an excellent idea. Someone mentioned the GoFundMe uh, earlier. I I like to use Give, Send, Go as opposed to GoFundMe, but uh, it's the same principle. And you're right, if every person who voted for Trump gave just a very small amount, well, that adds up pretty quickly. Am I right that uh, Mr. Starnes is coming up to your neck of the woods for a book signing? Is he really? I don't, oh, I would love it. <laughs> I thought I... I I thought I heard that he was visiting the Lobster Network. We'll have to uh, check the list after the book comes out. So uh, clear your calendar, because you're not going to want to miss that, are you? He'll probably want to go to Ray Richardson. I, I know they're pretty close. Well, I will have to. I thought, sure, I heard that one uh, one day, and you'll have to check it out next week. Diane, oh, you're, so kind to, to, you're so kind to call. Thank you so much. I would love to shake your hand, his hand, and above all, Donald Trump's hand for what he has done for this country. And we have all our expertise and everything just floating on this man's shoulders, and we have to be by his side. Please, people, be by his side. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, and you have a blessed weekend. Thanks so much for calling. Diane calling uh, from Maine. 901-260-5926. 901-260-5926. We're going to try to get Todd to come up to Iowa. My radio station, KXEL, has an annual uh, cookout event, a picnic. And uh, we've made plans for him to join us. And uh, I know the audience is already looking forward to that because Twilight's Last Gleaming comes out in just a few days. Go and pre-order your copy. Autograph, thank you very much at toddstarns.com, toddstarns.com, such a great site for all manner of information. And again, pre-order an autographed copy of Twilight's Last Gleaming with the foreword written by the 45th president himself. Again, toddstarns.com. One more segment after this short break. 901-260-5926. Jeff Stein filling in for Todd. Thanks for being along on the Todd Starns Show. moments of a Friday edition of the Todd Starn Show from the Liberty University studio. Jeff Stein, privileged to fill in for Todd the last two days. Thanks to Lydia for the call screening, Dylan for the excellent work on the board and keeping in contact with me, Grace helpful from afar at the uh, NRB in Nashville, and as always, Mr. Starnes, I appreciate this opportunity to talk to your wonderful audience in Starnes Nation, and it's always a, a great privilege again for 
a kid from small-town Iowa, to talk on the big microphone, coast to coast. You know, when we started this program today, and this is the topic on the live show blog at toddstarns.com, and I started to talk about it, but then a lot of you called in, and I didn't get back to it. So let's close where we were going to begin. And that is that age is just a number. Now, you've heard Nikki Haley talk about how it's time for a new generation, that Trump and Biden are both too old. We keep talking about Biden's age. Here's what we need to do. We need to get real. We need to be honest. You're not talking about Biden's age. And I say this in a serious, respectful way. I have to tell you that I have had family members who have had dementia, who have had Alzheimer's. I say it that way because of the experience, and therefore I know they are not the same thing. Okay? They're obviously related. I have seen the look in the eye of a loved one when they realize they, they're confused, they don't know who you are, they don't know the situation. It is tragic. It is truly tragic to see. We need to respectfully and honestly call out what we are seeing and call it for what it is. The difference in age chronologically between Mr. Trump and Mr. Biden, it's only a few years. Honest Democrats will admit that there is a big difference between the two men despite the small difference in age. When you see what Trump keeps up uh, in terms of a schedule, and I know he's got people who take care of things. He's not going to the Kroger on the weekend to pick up groceries. Okay, I get that. He's not picking up his own dry cleaning. I get that. So obviously, you know, he can keep up his schedule because a lot of people do things for him. I totally get it. But the bottom line is look at how he presents himself on a stage and the schedule he keeps. And then you find out how old he is, and you say, well, geez, I didn't think he was that old. He acts like a much younger man. And then you see our current president, who has control of the nuclear codes. And folks, it's tragic to say it's not a function of age. It's a function of declining capabilities. And unless or until we are honest about that in the conversation... We cannot simply be using the word age as code for something else. We owe it to ourselves, our children, our grandchildren to do this right. And that means dropping the cloak of R's or D's and picking up the cloak of America and doing what's right. And that's how I'll leave you this week. Hope you have time to think of yourself, your family and your God. It's been a privilege as always. Jeff Stein, have a great weekend. This has been the Todd Starn Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.